recorded live as we mind the gap. It's Transformation Thursday. My name is Emma Bruce, located in London, England, and my pronouns are she, her. I am Amy Stevens in Rochester, New York, and my pronouns are she, her. In November of 2018, I first met Emma on a Discord server for trans folks transitioning later in life. At the time, Emma and I were not presenting as our true selves offline. In fact, we were very part-time with both of us having to navigate the end of our marriages, coming out to our children and navigating our careers, Emma and I became friends quickly. Fast forward to May of 2019, I boarded a plane and headed across the pond to meet Emma for the first time in London. As I walked off the train platform at Paddington Station and saw Emma for the first time in person, we hugged and our bond was cemented. Since that time, I made one more visit to London in December of 2019, but with the pandemic, we have maintained our friendship through digital communications and, of course, Transformation Thursday. As the world went into lockdown, Emma emerged into her authentic self. This will be Emma's third appearance on Transformation Thursday, and today we will catch up with her about what's going on in her life, because like many of us, even in the face of a pandemic, our lives did not stand still, and Emma's has changed quite a bit. In fact, I would say a lot. But before we hear about all the good things going on in my life on this side of the pond, we will be right back after this short message. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I am Emma Bruce and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens and my pronouns are she, her as well. And today, as you already know, we're um, speaking with our fabulous part-time co-host and guest, Emma Bruce, who is looking radiant on the other side of the pond. Emma, it's great to see you. Thank you for coming back on Transformation Thursday. Well, thank you very much for having me back. It's really lovely to be back. Well, I want to thank you because, you know, as as Transformation Thursday has gone through some changes recently, uh, your idea of, um, you know, co-host slash guest was um, something that really resonated with me. So thank you for providing me that idea. Where did that come from? Well, um, I think it was just an accident, right? So, um, so Penny couldn't make it the night that I was on the second time. So, uh, we kind of improvised. Um, I wasn't too bad, I guess, cause you get it having me back. You're never too bad. Don't, don't, sh- don't sell yourself short, <laughs> but anyway, but you've been living through this pandemic. So you're on the second time and I know you've listened to both episodes and if you haven't listened and if you're out there in the audience, and if you have not listened to Emma's previous appearances on our podcast here i would advise you to go back and listen to those right now and then come back to this one in um, a couple hours what do you think of that idea yeah yeah they're really good even if i say so myself (laughs) you you should say so yourself because they are really good so we come into 2020 you start coming out we talk about that on the podcast and no changes in life your life has been totally static right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no no, nothing 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 really happened there's not much to talk about (laughs) where do you want to pick up with that so I think um so when we talked last time um we went through my transition my actual coming out my going full-time um the end of my marriage unfortunately and then just as everything was uh changing for me um a global pandemic hit so um the um, lockdown lockdown started in the UK about two weeks after I um, after I went full time. So I went from 
I had, I think, about four days going to work as Emma in the office, um, and then everything shut. So I was kind of locked in, <laughs> locked in the house. Well, and, and if I remember right, in the beginning of that lockdown too, you actually had some time with neighbors and made some friends too. So that that actually provided some surprising connections, correct? It did. It did. And and you know these these are friends that I made during lockdown, and. You know, one of the things I found about my transition just in general, I, I've met so many wonderful people, um, very much you included, Amy, um, and I've made friends all over the world. And one of the things that surprised me the most was that straight after lockdown, I, I found you know, both sets of neighbours on both sides of my house. There was um, there, there was people you know on one side. Um, a, a wonderful woman who's been very, very supportive and become a, a very close friend. Um, on the other side, um, someone who has a very similar background to me. Um, and um, so, again, I made friends in places I really didn't expect to. Now, what does a background like yours look like? <laughs> so a background like mine looks like um, starting fairly early in life, you know, wanting to dress in women's clothes and not really understanding why. Um, sort of fairly early um, for me was six or seven. Um, and then I kind of struggled along living as a living as a man, living as a boy for you know, quite a while, 30 something years before I, I finally kind of realized actually this isn't working. <laughs> it's not going to work anymore. Um, so, uh, so my transition came quite late in life, and, and I know you—you you know all about that, right, Amy? Yeah, I know. We, and I think that's one of the things that bonded us fairly quickly, even though we were on that Discord server. And you know, it's for people that are transitioning later in life. But at the same time, you know, we're in our forties when we're doing this, and even a lot of the people on the server were, you know, maybe in their late twenties and thirties. You know, we were, you know, some of the few people with, you know, kids and. you know kids families wives and you know we're we're you know deep into our careers doing this so you know how did it feel in that moment you know to realize that you know even though we're not you know in the same town you know we're on different continents across an ocean from each other but to have a connection like that that you can relate to you know how how does that make you feel It, it was wonderful and I went through my whole life thinking um, I'm the only one who feels like this. Um, and particularly when I was younger, it, but even even when the internet became more of a thing, um, I didn't do very much research. I didn't get online and meet friends, meet trans people. So I I went through the whole my whole life thinking, I, you know, I'm unique. There's no one else like me at all. Um, and then when I when I finally did join some communities um, and I met you, Amy, very quickly, I met um, and, and I met some other people. And what was amazing was talking to you. And basically, we have the same story, more or less. Um, and it felt so good to actually be talking to someone who not only it wasn't just that you kind of you, you had empathy for, for what I was going through. You'd been through the same thing yourself. You understood about exactly what I was talking about. Well, yeah. And I think that's one of the things, you know, you and I grew up in a pre-internet era. And so it was really hard to make connections. And I don't know, you grew up in what, West London for a little mm-hmm. bit further out. And I grew up in, you know, the Twin Cities area of Minnesota. It's not like you're talking about these things in the late 80s and early 90s so openly. So, you mm-hmm. know, 
and it wasn't until the internet that we could start making some connections. But even then, because of our, you know, the way we grew up, that's still a scary step to start talking about these things. It, it is. And, and again, when we grew up, um, the, there's always been trans people around, but um, the way that, the way that um, society was, trans people had to be kind of invisible because if, if you were a visible trans person, you would unfortunately be, um, you know, society would not treat you very well. So it wasn't like there was any role models that I could look at because the ones that were there, I'm sure I've met trans people. I've probably met a lot of trans people before, but they were all invisible because they, they had to be. You know what? Yeah, they had to be invisible for their safety. And, you know, speaking with us about somebody recently about transgender health care with the surgeries and the procedures and the things that are available to us today, you know, when this stuff started coming out 30, 40 years ago and people were getting surgeries, you know, if you weren't doing it to live as a straight heterosexual woman, you wouldn't get approved for some of these things. Yes. And, and the, that would leave me out. Right. The, the health service in this country used to police that. So they would, they would have a list of things that you were expected to do. So yes, you had to live as a, as a, as a heterosexual heterosexual woman after transition, they also expected you to move um, move town so nobody knew you. So you, you had to move. You had to leave behind all your friends, um, and if you didn't agree to do all of that stuff, they wouldn't treat you. So things things back then they were a lot different. Well, that's interesting too because sometimes I think like moving across to a different city state here in the United States would be a good thing because nobody knows me, but to have that forced upon you, I think is, would be traumatic. Yeah. And yes. And um, I mean, it's, everybody has their own transition and this is something I found. Um, Some people, some people want to move and start a, a new life. And I very much respect that. I think that's a great idea for some people. For me, um, that wasn't really what I wanted. Uh, I wanted to, have some continuity in my life and basically I wanted to you know remain in touch with my family and the friends I have um and so moving to a new town and starting from nothing would would have really dissuaded me from transitioning I think so um f- what I wanted was to just really just be my real self but continue my life very much like it was before well yeah and so let's let's pick up on that line then so now you you've you know you made your transition you know, you mentioned your ex who I've met. She's a lovely lady and we're not going to, we're not going to name names. Um, you know, and if she ever listens to this, I do say hello and we respect her privacy and, you know, but also I also respect the process that she's been through. Hmm. And you and I have discussed this with, with both of our ex-wives that both of them have done amazing jobs getting to points of being our friends. Yes. Co-parenting and maybe not understanding our experience but at least in a place where they have empathy and some sort of understanding of why we had to do what we had to do so where do things stand now with your with your ex i I, it's about the same as where it was um the last time we spoke uh, and, and that's a very good place um it's so she um we had we had quite a rough time during my transition during the early days and, and I, I understand why she was she was being faced with this situation. She didn't create this situation. It was co- totally coming from me. Um, she didn't understand. And so back in the early days, things weren't very good. Um, as soon as we agreed to separate um, and, and divorce, th- things got better. 
Um, and since we've we've moved, you know, she lives in, um, we've moved to different properties. Um, we live quite close together and co-parenting means that we meet quite frequently anyway, but we're, we're still meeting, um, we're meeting regularly. We're, we're doing things with the kids. We're having dinner together. Um, she invites me to her house. I invite her to mine. Um, and you know, she she has been amazing um, through you know over the last over the last year and a bit. She's been absolutely amazing. Given what she the situation as she saw it and how things were before, I I have so much respect for what she's done. Um, so right now the situation you know we're, we're friends um, and um, I, I really I'm really grateful that we've been able to do things this way. Yeah, that's fantastic. I know that co-parenting is such an important part of, you know, life, you know, especially post-transition for us and to be able to provide our kids with stability. You know, we're in a little different situation. I still live with my ex and my two kids, but, you know, I do see on the horizon, you know, that ending, you know, probably in a little over a year from now when I graduate from my master's program. So, but you provide a beautiful roadmap and how to do that. So, but now, so then you also have kids, so um, we don't really want to totally out them for reasons, but you know, where do things stand with your kids and how do things, and how did they handle your transition to Emma? So with the kids, um, there were so many things I was worried about before I transitioned um, and the kids were very high up on that list. So, um, and again, I thought back to my childhood, what worth, what would have happened if somebody had transitioned when I was a, a child? Well, the, you know, quite likely the children would have had a hard time with it. Um, almost certainly the children's friends would have been very, very tough on them. Um, so I was quite worried about how that would work out. Um, what what happened was the children when when I told them they were surprised but they they were amazingly um supportive and understanding you know from what from my perspective there's really been very little problem with my transition um and what's more um my concerns about how they would be treated at school because clearly you know I'm dropping the kids off at school the other children there notice that I'm not the same gender as I was before so um the, uh, my my worries about the other children at the school you know giving giving my children a, a a hard time because of my transition that hasn't happened either and actually I've I, I feel like I've been kind of accepted as Emma at, at the school so the other parents have been nice to me. The children have been nice to me. The staff at the school have also. So really things have gone so much better than I thought they might. Well, that's, and that's fantastic. And I think that says a lot about where we're at with younger kids these days and acceptance for LGBTQ, you know, especially with LGBTQ persons within the schools, LGBTQ parents or whatever it is, there's a lot more acceptance for that. But still, we are very cognizant and understand that you know, as kids get into those tween and early teen years that there is still a fair amount of bullying. And I think that's something that both of you still, both of us still need to pay attention to as our kids, especially my youngest one enters that phase, you know, as she goes into junior high here in the United States next year. So yeah. still something we need to pay attention to, but and we also know that kids who are LGBTQ or, you know, they're in the UK and here in the United States are still, so you know, the most bullied kids in school. So it's stuff we need to pay attention to and be aware of, but it is better than what it was 
you know, when we were younger or even 15, 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. good steps. So the kids are doing great. The ex is doing great. Um, Emma's career wise, um, yeah. big changes there too. Yes. And this was something I, I wasn't expecting to be making any big changes in my career. So I, I remember someone telling, telling me when, you know, years ago that you should you should try not to change everything in your life all at the same time so you know your home life your work life your your life with your friends you should try and keep some stability in at least one of the three um i seem to have changed everything in the space of a year um so after my transition i um i've I've not been super happy in my previous role my previous job for a little while and um it was on my 2022 um, to-do list to um, to find a new role. Um, 2022 but, or 2020? Uh, well, no, I didn't want to do it all at the same time. So it was kind of 2021, 22, that, that kind of time. Um, so it was on your long, it was on your vision board, but further out. Yeah, yeah. It was a stretch goal. Right? <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Uh, um, but at the end of last year, some um, a recruiter approached me um, from uh, quite a famous social media company. Um, to be that's honest, where, that's where we're going to leave that one. Yeah, yeah, probably best not mention which one. Um, I I could hardly believe it was a real. I thought I was being scammed actually because I, you know the role seemed to be better, too good to be true. Uh, but no, it actually was. It really was a real thing, and um, and I got the job. So I'm since March. I've been working at my new job. Absolutely loving it there. It's um, you know, it's 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 a fantastic place to work. Very very um, supportive of um, LGBTQ and you know other minorities. They they really go the extra mile to to make it clear to everybody that that you know as a company we support we support minorities. We support everybody. Um, and so I, f- I feel I feel feel like I fit in so well there. I'm very happy. Because at your last position, you were transitioning. And every and you made a big email splash saying, "Hey, I have something to tell you, folks." Yeah, that was a surprise for quite a few people, I think. Yeah, but where you know at your current company, do people know of your past, or have you pretty much you know what we call you know are you stealth, so nobody knows that you're there? I mean, I what is that background with Emma now at the new position? So, and actually, before I sort of answer that question, I I, I should say my previous role. Though I wasn't happy from a career point of view, people were absolutely amazing with my transition. They were they were so good. Again, way better way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, there was even a situation when before I before I'd gone full time, I was still pre- presenting um, mail. Um, I told people my new name. Um, they realised that actually I preferred to be called my new. My, I preferred to be called Emma. So. I was I was presenting mail in the office and people were just calling me Emma. That was it. They just switched, you know, a, a single day. Everybody switched to, to start calling me Emma. So, my previous role from a support point of view for my transition was was fantastic as well. And so, um, when it comes to my new role, um, I'm not, I didn't go into it actually thinking I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm going to keep this a secret. But all my legal documentation now is in my uh, is is in my new name. I just applied for the role in my new name, as as you know you would expect, and so I've basically not told anyone. Um, so it's not secret, but I've not told anyone. I don't think they know. Okay, I just was. Yep, you don't think they know. 
I, I don't I, I mean maybe people have clocked me as I as, you know as I, as I joined my my what does um, clock mean oh um so just kind of spotted me as a trans person so uh, sorry yeah <laughs> kind of UK slang um well no so, it's we use it here too within the community but I just you know if somebody's listening and you know they don't understand our you know vocabulary for being trans yeah so it may be that people have clocked me they um um nobody said anything i i i don't mind if people do know and it's quite possible that now i feel a bit more comfortable i've been there a few months i might actually tell some people when we go out for a social thing um so yeah i'm not it's not like i'm actively keeping it secret uh it's just that people don't know <laughs> well no and i think that's a you know and you and I have discussed this, you know, it's not that we actively want to hide it, but at the same time for safety, career reasons, whatever, there, there are reasons not to disclose it, you know, yeah. and, you know, and, you know, last semester I did some, you know, practice, well, not practice counseling. I did some counseling that was highly supervised, you know, for my undergraduate and, you know, and I was working with a, with, you know, one of my clients and there was no reason for me to tell her, you know, we we're on Zoom. I do a decent job with my voice, you know, you do. You, yeah. Your voice so, is great. no, I, you know, there is no re and it never needed to come up in conversation. So, you know, that, that self-disclosure, I think is something that we have to gauge, you know, based on our safety and what that can or cannot do for us, you know, in career and personal life. Yes, I, I totally agree. Um, and I think I should, I should say, and I know this, you know, I'm, I'm sure the same goes for you, but I'm not ashamed of who I am. Um, no. But sometimes, sometimes it's, you know, it, it's a good idea to tell people other times, maybe not. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also sometimes it's not really appropriate. So people may not even need to know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Especially in our current political climates, you know, over there with your turf community and with our stuff oh. over here. And I don't want to get into that. We've talked about that in past episodes so mm -hmm. i don't you know i talk about this with my facial feminization surgery you know when i'm walking through a store especially when i'm with my kids you know not having people turn around and gawk at me is is a nice feature and you know and you're the same way you you, you know you haven't had facial feminization surgery but the hormones for you have really done some big work we've got to be got to be grateful for what the hormones have, have done but yeah um, i mean you look like you belong in society and you've taken your place there. So that's amazing. So, Thank well, you. we've, we've talked about career kids and everything else. Um, how about that dating life, Emma? Cause that's where <laughs> you and I kind of go a little, go, we, we kind of go different directions now, don't we? We're on different teams. We, we are, we seem to have diverged a little bit on this one, <laughs> but um, here is um, what you're comfortable with there. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I still love you as well, Amy. So, uh, well, who um, doesn't? <laughs> um so yes and I, this was another this was something that happened during my transition that i really really didn't expect a bit of background i as as a as i was living as a male i felt i felt myself to be you know 100 heterosexual i really never felt any um attraction to to men um or masculinity dating history kind of like you know the, the people i've been interested in from a romantic and sort of attraction point of view always been female and i just expected it to continue um i had no reason to think that um that would ever change 
And the first sort of, I had one or two little hints that things may be starting to change really at the beginning of the beginning of 2020. Um, you know, so somebody I met who I sort of, you know, got quite interested in just over an evening, nothing particularly important, but it, you know, a guy, I suddenly found myself feeling attracted to guys around the middle of the year that the, there was, you know, a particular, a particular, a particular moment when suddenly I found myself, I had that sort of that feeling that I used to get when I saw when I saw a beautiful woman, except I was looking at a guy's bicep, and that, that took me by surprise. I was thinking to myself, "Well, very, that's, very, that's... very specific piece of anatomy there." Emma. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he he he. The guy the guy does weights, and he flexed his bicep by accident, and I, I suddenly I'm like, "Oh wow, okay." By uh, accident, that's... yeah, right. <laughs> and I didn't really know I didn't really know what to do with all of this, um, but it kind of. It, it kept it kept going and like I started you know thinking more and more about okay what would it be like to actually you know spend some time with a guy like that and it, the more I thought about it the more I thought actually I, I think I'd quite like to try this uh, so by the end of by the end of last year um, I thought well if I don't try this out I'm not going to know um, so I thought well I'll try I'll try and tried meeting some people you know just just short-term things via a dating app um and see if uh see, see what it's like and so the you know i met a couple of guys on on a dating app just really for just to, to begin with it was really just a um just a sort of cuddling and and kissing a little bit and then then it sort of became a little more and I just found that actually it felt really natural and, and, uh, and, and I was enjoying myself. Uh, well, that's the most important thing. It felt naturally and you were enjoying yourself. And so, you know, and we don't need to have an explanation of why that mm. was, but that's the way it has turned out for you. So where do you find yourself now, you know, in relation to dating and is there? Well, so this, this app that I was kind of, you know, effectively meeting, meeting, you know, doing hookups with people. Um, um, <laughs> you know, I kind of guess I have to call it what it is. Um, so I, I kind of accidentally met an absolutely wonderful guy on this app. Um, and we, we sort of met up and really enjoyed each other's company. Um, and so um, I've been dating him for six months. Um, and I'm very, very happy. It, it's, it feels amazing to be, um, yeah, to be dating a guy. And, you know, the, and the interesting thing is, you know, kind of like, you know, the relationship, what, you know, the relationship I'm in right now, it's long distance. So you don't get to see him every day or he doesn't live nearby. There is some effort that's put into this relationship to make appearances. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, um, he's not, it's not quite as far of a distance as you have but um yeah it, he's he's a little over an hour away so we we can't just drop drop around each other's houses also um for the sake of of my children we're not introducing him to the children just yet um, um i wanted to be sure that this 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 is going to last before before going ahead and doing the introductions there um so that restricts things a little bit but um we spent of the six months we've been together, we spent around half of that time um, effectively living together at, at my place. Um, and it's been wonderful. I love it. Well, that's oh, fantastic. I love him so, as well. 
that's what that no and that's amazing and so i mean yeah but it's just, the point is is that it takes some effort to manage a relationship like that especially with your family situation and well we're running a little bit short on time here because you know we had some you were running a little bit late and i have a meeting coming up at you know in, a, in 50 minutes that i need to prep for yet so as you look forward from here, though, you know, what do you what do you see for, you know, we don't have crystal balls, but if Emma was to look forward to the end of 2021, are you happy with the way your life looks or, you know, what changes, you know, how do you see this year wrapping up for you? Yeah, and I think we finished the previous chat with a similar question. Um, I'm absolutely, I'm so happy um, at the moment. And every time I think I can't get any happier, something makes me happier. So, um yeah, I'm I'm very very happy right now. Um, looking into the future, yeah, I think there's um, there's still a medical part of my transition that I I would like to do. That's probably going to be next year. I don't really have I, I've you know I don't really have a lot left on my to do list. I don't think I've changed quite a lot of stuff in in the space of just over a year. And yes, I I really feel very happy. And I don't think there's any I don't feel like there's any gaps in my life at the moment. No, and that's fantastic. And that's a really great place to be in. And so two questions for Amy, and then we'll make these quick and easy. And so what do you got on, what do you have on your list there, Emma, for me today? Um, So I would, I would love to know, you've had, uh, you've had some surgery that, uh, that you've, uh, you've gone through since we spoke last time. So just wanted to hear from you what, what your, thoughts are about you know how has that changed your life how has it changed um how has it changed things for you yeah i made a post on this um i didn't call it surgery because it's more comprehensive than surgeries you know my employer who i work for offers a very robust um transgender affirming healthcare package and you know and that covered my facial feminization surgery last year, which, you know, allows me to, as we talked about, move through society a little bit safer. Um, I don't get gawked at when I, especially when I'm with my kids and that's important. So that's had some very net positive impact on my life. Um, I also had, um, as we discussed here on the podcast, I had my gender confirmation surgery. She's almost exactly three months ago. Um, wow. Yeah just over 12 weeks ago. And so, yeah. And that surgery was hard, you know, leading up to it, the stress of the pandemic, the cancellations, the reschedules, um, that was really hard. And then had my recovery and that took a lot longer than I thought it would because I was in the middle of a academic semester and I essentially three weeks did absolutely no homework. And then I had to scramble the last four weeks of the semester to get all my homework done. And that really mentally took a toll on me. Um, It caused me a lot of anxiety. And I think it led to some depression. And that I've, you know, I'm working on and working through. Um, But I also, you know, as I mentioned, I am dating. And the isolation of the recovery, doing my homework, you know, I ended up throwing a lot at her and, you know, and we've discussed this and, you know, she's, she's been very wonderful to me during my recovery, but, you know, it's, it's a lot to throw at, you know, family, loved ones, friends, you know, when you're trying to go through this situation. So it, it was a lot. And so, but I, I do feel good about it and I'm happy with my recovery. I feel great. I feel complete. Like I never have before. Oh. And, and I'm in such a, now that I'm on, you know, now that I'm back working, I'm 
you know, I'm vaccinated and I'm getting out and I'm doing things. I feel like my old self again, it's really helpful that I can have my own life and get back to the things that I like to do, like doing stand-up comedy, you know, and, you know, I'm having lunch, you know, today with a friend that I haven't seen since before the pandemic. So yeah, I'm in a really good spot right now. About a month, a little over a month ago, I wouldn't have said that, but that's that's how, that's the way these things work. And that kind of touches on the second question. I was going to really turn around that question you asked me at the end there. So, you know, are you how do you feel are you happy how do you see the rest of this year going as well and into next year is there anything you've got you've done so much over the last two years Amy um is there anything you think I've got to do this by the end of this year no I don't have anything by the end of this year that I need to go done I mean I think surgery wise I'm I'm done um hormone wise you know the puberty side of it is winding down for me you know I have you know, three to five years and I'm in year three, but the big changes happen in years one through three. So that's, that's on the decline. The other side of it is right now, it's just, if I, you know, life is always a series of issues. And so I just try to take them one at a time as they come at me. And, but right now the big thing is finishing my last year of my master's program and getting through to that, not only through the end of this year, but then I'm scheduled to graduate in summer of 2022 and then I have some big choices to make. Do I stay here in Rochester? Do I move to a different market? What do I, what do I do? You know, that's one of the things that I look around here in Rochester and while we have a small tight knit LGBTQ community, you know, I look at bigger cities that I'm nearby, you know, New York city. And I see, you know, their communities are so much more active. They're so much larger just because of the law of large numbers. You know, do I move to a bigger city like that and, you know, get involved in those bigger communities where I can be involved because, you know, here in Rochester, you know, because if I am going to be doing mental health, I also can't be providing mental health services to, you know, friends and people in our community that I know through different groups. So, you know, I, I do have some decisions to make next year, but I'll probably start looking at that at the beginning of the year, because that's probably when I also need to start thinking about where do I work, you know, after graduation. Does that answer your question? It does. Thank you. Well, Emma Bruce, thank you for coming back and playing co-host and um, asking those two fabulous questions at the end and giving us a nice overview for your life is at this time. Any parting words? Well, thank you again for having me back. It's been so much fun. I really enjoy doing doing these sessions and having these chats with you. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, well, this has been another fabulous episode of Transformation Thursday. My name is Amy Stevens and for Emma Bruce. Good night, everybody. Good night.